This podcast may contain graphic and or explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners, especially kids like me. <laughs> Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Real Life Podcast brought to you by the Thin Blue Line for Women. In this podcast, We open up and talk about real-life issues as they relate to first responders. It's raw, it's real, and it's about time. I'm Tamara, your host. Thanks for joining me. Thank you all for joining me for Season 2, Episode 2 of the Real Life Podcast. In this episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Tia Johnson, the host of the Resting Mom Face Podcast. Tia, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So to start off, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Tia and I have a podcast called the Resting Mom Face Podcast. Um, I'm an army wife. I am the mother of a almost four-year-old and I have a lot of crazy things that happen and that's why I started the podcast. (laughs) Got it. Yeah. So, so what do you do for an actual living? Is your podcast your career? I wish. I really wish it was. <laughs> but um, no, I'm actually a licensed cosmetologist. So um, I've been licensed for going on ten years now, and uh, I did hair for a while, and uh, then I got into makeup artistry, and now I am a lash extension artist, which is very specific. But that I did is... not know this about you. Yeah. So that's wow. one way that I make a living. And then I make a little bit off of uh, the podcast and um, other voiceover work. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So when did you start your podcast? Because I, I only found you maybe two months ago, I believe. Yeah. I actually started it back in 2018, in oh, okay. early 2018, like January. And it was oh. a different podcast. It was called The Beauty Room. And it's okay. what, how I discussed um, all things beauty related. Um, oh. I actually did a um, kind of a live episode from a Jeffree Star makeup meet and greet. Um, I did an uh, interview with uh, some uh, makeup artists and things like that. But I decided that I didn't want to kind of box myself into that one subject because I'm very eclectic. I like (sighs) a lot of different things. I have many aspects of my life that I wanted to talk about and explore. And so I changed it from the beauty room to the resting mom face. Got you. Okay. So, but when did you actually change the name? So I changed the name in, uh, I believe it was August of 2019. So that's really where, that's where my podcast starts now that you'll find the rest of it is all, um, locked away in the vault. <laughs> so, so where did you get, get that name resting mom face podcast? Cause to me, when I first hear that it, it, it this may be totally, totally wrong or and way off. But what I think of is like, you're so tired that you like fall down on your desk and you have that mom face. So is that where it came from or am I um, off? Well, so it actually came from, um, people may know, like people say that you have like resting bitch face. 
Mm-hmm. That's where it comes from oh, because okay. you just kind of have that face that's like stoic kind of. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And on the inside, you could be feeling all different ways, but on the outside, you look one way. Um, yeah. And people told me that I always had that. Uh, and this, and then I started getting Botox and it just kind of came from there. And then one day I saw a t-shirt and it said resting mom face. And I was like, that's it. That's oh. my, like, I love this. And then when I was coming up with names, for the podcast that came across my mind again. And I thought this has to be it. And I, so I Googled and made sure no one else had it and made it mine. Love it. I love it. Love it. it. So, so what is your podcast about? Like name everything that you, what isn't my podcast about? (laughs) Um, And that's one thing my husband's like, you need to find a niche, a niche to get into to like, and I'm like, no, I don't want to be bogged down. So you know, the first episode is um, I interview um, a guy from Ireland who makes audios for um, a living. Uh, like he he makes these audios and they're like totally immersive um, and they're actually uh, romantic audios, if you will. Um, erotic audios, some of oh. them are, but he also does meditations and things like that. Uh, so that was fascinating to me. Um, I just recently interviewed a former WWE wrestler. I saw uh, the picture. Yeah. Today. Yeah. I was uh, like, is this real? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Pharaoh, Tony Ricca. And wow. we just had a great conversation. I talk with other parents. Um, I have interviewed, uh, Nick from the roll call room podcast twice. Um, and just anything and everything that, affects my life or that I think other people might be interested in. Mm -hmm. I really have no boundaries, I guess, when it comes to subjects, it's whatever I'm fascinated with at that moment. But I do try to bring it back to um, how it relates to me. So in the end, it's all going to relate back to being, um, being a parent, being a mom um, and being a army spouse kind of in the end, that's what it's going to come down to. Okay. So what about your art for your podcast? Where did you find the art? Did you, let me, did you do it by yourself? Uh, no, Don't tell no. me that you're like this great artist also. No, <laughs> no, it would have been really a stick- bad if you're an artist as well. <laughs> it would have been a stick figure. Um, <laughs> no, um, actually I, I kind of went out looking for um, a graphic artist and I found this one person who I liked what they had done and I just, hired them to do some. They sent me a few and I said, I love this. Can you change that color? Let's do that and stuck with it. So that'll be my logo for a while. Um, but I, again, I'm always changing things up. So it'll probably be like every six months I'll have a different, <laughs> okay, a different logo done up just cause I, I like love it. to mix things up. So, um, have you been a guest on other podcasts? To be honest, I actually was a guest on uh, for three episodes. I was a guest on a podcast called the Brawless podcast. And this is by um, Aaron Whitehead. And she and I have been acquaintances. I say acquaintances because we've never, ever met in person. Um, She was a editor for um, Mill Spouse magazine. And I wrote a piece for them back in like 2000, 
14, I want to say. So she and I had been um, together kind of through the internet since then. And then she started this podcast, the Brawless podcast. And she was like, hey, I'm looking for guests for people. And I said, well, I'll come on. She goes, okay, great. Well, the first one was a hit. It was just hilarious. We talked about being a parent and crazy things that happen. Um, we talked about um, like just so many things. Uh, and then I came back again because her audience loved it and came back again. And this was before I had, I even started a podcast. So uh, that those are still available out there. Uh, if you want to listen to it, it's the <laughs> Brawless podcast. And it's pretty funny. Um, those were more comedy uh, things. It was not very serious. <laughs> and you're on three of her episodes. Three of her episodes. Right? Yeah. yeah. And weren't you, were you a guest on the roll call room or or no? You, I have not you been, interviewed them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I've actually not even talked to Mike. It's just Nick. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. Someday when he's available. Right. Yeah. <laughs> hit him up. Yep. So what platforms can listeners find your podcast? Uh, currently I'm on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, um, overcast. I think it's pretty much everywhere that you can find podcasts. I think I'm also on Amazon, how they, how they offer up podcasts. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, but I'm pretty, pretty much on all platforms right now. Okay. Now you also narrate for audible books. I do. Yes. I got into that, um, in mm -hmm, October of last year. Oh, so perfect timing for me. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And my book. Yes. Because that's, yeah, that's funny timing because October was the month that I finally said, okay, I've got to give myself a deadline with my book through my eyes mm-hmm. because I've been trying to write it for so long. And I finally just, I remember October very well. And I said, Tam, you just have to sit down and write and get this done. And I gave myself till February 4th, you know, and, um, and then, you know, I, a lot, a lot of people were writing me on Facebook and Twitter and even messages saying, Hey, is it going to be available on audible and everything that I had already researched it was so expensive and i'm like i'm not rich like this this writing of the book did not make any money Um, let me tell you (laughs) um and that was that's not what it was for and about anyway but i thought i can't fork out all this money for an audible book but so many people were asking for audibles and i had no idea that people liked books on audible so this was just a freak and i i don't even think you and i talked about this yet this was just no. a freak thing that that I don't even know, Tia. To be honest, where I found it, e- either either Amazon sent me an email or it was in um, one of my Amazon pages. I don't even know. And I I clicked on it on the Audible link, mm-hmm. and it I read all about it, and it said, "Oh, you can do it for free. Yeah, you can split the money with the narrator." And I went, "Oh, I'm there. I'm so yeah. there." And that's when I signed up for it, and it happened relatively quickly. I mean. Yes. Really quick. I, I just, I signed up. I asked for auditions. I got about, I don't know, maybe five or six. I can't even remember. And you were one of them. And I didn't even know you then. I yes. had no idea well, here's about you. Here's what's really crazy is, so I, um, I 
found out about you through the Roll Call Room podcast. And um, I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. Like females in uh, law enforcement, like I'm really interested in that. And then I saw that you were uh, writing a book and I love to read. So I was like, oh, I should probably read that. That's going to be a good book. And then I thought to myself, like, wow, I wonder if she's going to do a audiobook. Uh, and it just kind of like went through my mind. And then I remember very specifically because I was driving to work that morning and I messaged, uh, I was talking to my my husband and I said, you know, I think I should just message her and ask her if she's going to do an audio book. And then it left my mind. And that night or the next day, I went on ACX, which is the, <sighs> the website, to look up some new books to audition for because mm-hmm. I like to try and do like one book at a time. And then when I'm about to finish, I go and look for some more to audition for. And yours popped up there. And it was just, it had, it was meant to be. It yes, was it was. Divine intervention. It had to be because I immediately recorded my audition, sent it off, and then I messaged you through Twitter. And I was like, right. hey, I auditioned. This is what I do this. Like, I've done this before. And it was perfect. Yeah. And what's funny is I had already heard your audition before you sent me that text or that message. Yeah. So it was really good that I, I because I mean, it, it made it very subjective or not mm-hmm. subjective, objective. Yes. I'm tired. We're recording this late. <laughs> I mean, um, but I, you know, I'm glad that I did not know about you before that, because then I got to just clear my mind and I didn't even know, I didn't know who these people were. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, had to listen to their voices and I, I had my daughter listen to you. I said, well, which one do you like, you know? And, and so it just, it came down to be you and I didn't even know it was you, which was awesome. So um, let me ask you a couple questions then, since you like narrating books, how do you prepare yourself to do the narration? Like, do you read through the books first uh, just to get to know, like, you know, what the book's about or like, how do you do it? Well, it depends. So a book like yours, well, let me go back. So mostly I've done um, fiction, uh, you know, like novel type things. Yeah. And I do like to kind of skim through the book to kind of see where it's going. And I also ask the, uh, the um, author for notes and they usually give you kind of notes on like what they want from a character for each character, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they give you kind of like, well, this person's going to be meek and mild here, but then they kind of, you know, uh, grow up a little bit throughout the book, or I really want like a very like Southern twang for this one person and things like that. And those notes are usually in the audition as well. So I know if they have a lot of very specific things with a lot of characters, it's going to be exhausting. So Mm -hmm. I better be prepared for that. But, um, I do like to read through the audition, uh, a couple times and see if I like the author's style, because, I want to say, people, I can't sell something that I'm, I don't believe in. So right. if I really hate the way it's written or just the way it's the storyline or the subject matter, then I'm not going to read it. And I think I really got, um, at first I was kind of auditioning for anything and everything just to try it out. And I did a couple of really horrible, terrible books. And then I was like, no, I'm, I'm better than this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm worth good books. So, so I just kind of, I have to get in a mindset of the book too, and kind of like delve into the characters, um, which probably comes from 
um, acting and things like that, that I've done in the past. And so that's why I do one book at a time. So right, I don't, that makes sense. So I don't crisscross my characters. Um, <laughs> right. Cause that would be very strange. Cause then everyone would start to sound the same, but for your book specifically, um, I thought at first I was going to have to read through it, um, to prepare myself. And then as I started, I just kind of started recording and I was like, no, I have to do this kind of raw. So, uh, when you're listening to the book, I am reacting to the subject matter as I'm reading it. Um, I did, I did have to go back a couple times and, uh, change some things up and things like that. And there were times when I had to pause. I mean, I really had to pause and I could only record like one chapter a day. Um, but you can hear it in my voice. There are, there is things in that book that Tamara, I don't know how you, Mm. I don't know how you do it. Um, and so why don't do it anymore? I know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but that book was, was rough. It was hard to read. Um, but I didn't know why it took me so long to write it. Exactly. But it was very eye opening for me too. Um, and I think that people in law enforcement, as well as outside of law enforcement, who are just curious about what real CSI is about, um, will appreciate the book for sure. Yeah. Well, I I um, appreciate you very much as a narrator, and it's 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 going to sound good. It does sound good. I've already heard the entire book narrated by you. And uh, just so the listeners know, we have already submitted it. We are yes. waiting for the programmers to, soon. So soon. to say yes. Um, they're doing their final checks and we should, we should know probably in a week or two and then it will so. go live. Yeah. So, um, so that's going to be exciting. I can't wait. Um, We're going to take a super quick break. And when we come back, I'd like to talk to you about a recent episode that you aired on your podcast titled Mama Has Lost Her Mind. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I want to talk about that and delve into that. We'll be right back. Are you interested in CSI or forensics? The Forensic Science Academy program has been recognized as the premier training program completely dedicated to students who are launching their forensic career. The Academy offers specialized hands-on training modules in basic and advanced crime scene investigation, forensic photography, fingerprint identification and classification, crime scene management, and coroner investigations. Instruction is offered in the form of weekend workshops, online courses, webinars, and seminars. Training at the Academy of Forensic Science will give students the competitive edge employers and agencies are looking for when hiring. Past graduates are now working as crime scene investigators, private investigators, forensic pathologists, coroner investigators, forensic nurses, forensic accountants, and even criminalists. The courses are taught by forensic professionals who are experts in the field and hold membership in the International Association for Identification and other professional forensic organizations. For more information, visit ForensicScienceAcademy.org. Again, that's ForensicScienceAcademy.org. 
Are you looking for Thin Blue Line gear? It's available on our website at thinbluelineforwomen.com. That's thinblueline, the number four, women.com. Show your support for law enforcement and get your Thin Blue Line gear today. Just click on shop at thinblueleinforwomen.com. And we're back from break. So I want to talk about your episode titled Mama Has Lost Her Mind. You talk about the difficulties of being, you know, a quote unquote, and I'm air quoting here, being a single mom. Right. Um, and you can talk about that because you're not a single mom, but Correct. you are. Um, <laughs> and you discuss, you discuss mom guilt, the double-edged sword, as you put it, of being a working mom. So tell me and the listeners where that episode came from in your gut. Um, this episode again was super, super raw. I just went at it. I didn't really prepare. I just knew that I wanted to vent and rant. And I thought, well, if it's, if it's good, I'll keep it. If it's not, then I've had a therapy session with myself. Um, but it came from, this was a a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, uh, before COVID started. And, uh, I am an army spouse. My husband and I have been married 12 years now. Uh, we have a almost four-year-old son, um, but he was not in the military when we got married. Uh, my dad was actually in the Navy for 22 years and my mom was in the Navy. Uh, so I come from a military family, so I'm used to that lifestyle, but it's so different coming from, um, a, a child to being married to the military. It's totally different. Um, I think I was better prepared for that, but it's a, it is a huge difference. So my husband's been in the army for almost 10 years now. Um, and we've been through a deployment before, but we didn't have kids at that time. And I talk about that in the episode. We didn't have, um, our son, we had a dog, but you know, <laughs> different. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, you go into a different mode uh, when they deploy or when they are gone for a long time, you kind of go into like superwoman mode a little bit because you know that you have to carry everything. Um, and it's, it's difficult because you become a single parent, but you're not a single parent. Um, so it, it's, it's so hard sometimes because you feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders, but you would normally be sharing that with someone. And now mm-hmm. you're, you're carrying everything on you. So the, that episode come came after um, a particularly rough two weeks. Um, my husband had been gone uh, since November. I came back for Christmas for a brief time and then left again. Um, you know, I'm trying to potty train our son. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, work about part-time at the salon that I, that I'm at. I was trying to record some books. And at that time I was recording two at the same time, which is, was a big mistake because it was too much. I was doing my podcast. Um, I was also trying to keep our house together. Um, I was, we have two cats and a dog, you know, taking care of them. And then we got hit with the flu. And my son tested positive for H1N1 flu. And it was just insane because I felt like I couldn't catch a break. 
And normally I would be able to lean on my husband and Mm -hmm. he would be able to maybe stay home from work or come home from work early so that I could go, that I could go to work. But while he's gone, I'm a hundred percent reliant on the daycare. And, you know, if they have a fever, they can't go, which I understand. I mean, I don't want, I wouldn't want someone sending their sick kid to daycare too, but that means I can't go to work Mm -hmm. because I can't ask my friends to watch my kid who's sick because they have kids and I don't want them to get sick. And when you don't, when you're a military spouse, you're usually not near uh, family. So in this, in times like that, people would be like, oh, why didn't you call your mom or something like that? Well, she lives in Florida. I live in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I can't just call. I mean, there were times during that week when I was like, I'm going to call my mother to come <laughs> fly up here right now. Get on the plane. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it just, it kind of all compressed on me in those two weeks because he got sick. So I had to stay home and reschedule all my clients. And then I got sick. So of course I had to stay home and reschedule all my clients. And then he kind of got sick again. And it was just too much. I mean, I was really losing my mind. And we were stuck at home in the house together sick for like five days in a row. And yeah, it was, it was the worst because I couldn't like he he was like hyper, um, the cough medicine or, and stuff that I was giving, like the medicine that they gave me to give him, like made him hyper. So, excuse me. Um, so I would be laying in bed, just totally miserable in the afternoon, wanting to just take a nap and sleep. And he was literally jumping on the bed next to me. And I'm just trying to lay there. I'm like laying there moaning, like, oh, and he's jumping on the bed going, mom, mom, mommy, mom. I mean, this was the point at one point I literally had to just like put him in the living room and give him all the goldfish I could find and all the juice and whatever he wanted. And I just went in the bedroom and I locked the door for like an hour. And I was like, I guess if he screams loud enough, I will hear him. And that's where the whole mom guilt came in because I shouldn't uh, leave my three and a half year old alone in the living room, you know, while I go lay down. That's just insane. But I thought, you know what? I have to do what I have to do so that we both make it out of this house alive. <laughs> <laughs> and if it means giving him all the goldfish and ice cream or whatever he wants so that I can take a one hour nap, then that's that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I kind of just explored that and I just kept talking. I just kept, you know, feeling my feels and speaking my truth. Um, And I, I like that episode a lot because I know there were some other moms out there. My friends called me and told me that they've felt the same way, but they never wanted to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Right. They didn't want to acknowledge it. Right. Um, well, it's embarrassing. It is, to, yeah, to some extent, and and it makes you look weak. And you know, it's it's you're trying you're trying to be super mom, and you're like, oh, I can handle this, but oh my lord, I mean, we're all stuck at home right now, but we didn't have the flu like you guys did, and you right. both had it at the same time. Yes, and it was just us. Um, which is on a side note, I actually because of that experience, I picked up. And brought my dog and my son and myself down to Florida. We got in the car and drove down here to quarantine ourselves with my parents so that I wouldn't have to be (laughs) 
alone oh, like no. that because I know I would have lost my right. mind <laughs> because it takes three grown adults to keep this kid entertained mm. and busy throughout the day. Right, and right. that's, and that's with my dad. He's working from home in the office um, right now. And it's, it's insane. So wow. that's why I'm here now because of that experience. Right, right. I am traumatized for the rest of my life. You need support. Yes. Everyone needs support of some sort. Yes. And when uh, they're going through that. <clears throat> yeah. And it's, um, there's a quote that I say in there. I don't know where I found it, but I, I do remember it. It's, uh, I feel like people expect um, women to work like they don't have kids and raise their kids like they don't have to work which is the double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. It's completely unfair. Um, and I think it is changing in our society now, slowly but surely. But I mean, you know, women only had the vote in, you know, less than 100 years ago. We right, got right. the vote. So um, it's slowly changing, but there's still that that um, expectation that we should be able to handle the home and also our jobs, mm-hmm. which is unrealistic. I know. Completely unrealistic. You're right. Yeah. And you are a, a single mom working too. And not just, you know, working a desk job. I mean, you had a right a tough job. Yeah, it was never, it wasn't planned to be like that. I was married at the time when I adopted my daughter. I had four miscarriages um, before that. But um, I, I, uh, we separated within two weeks of bringing her back from um, her country. And I raised her alone, like truly alone. I readopted her and she's been mine ever since. And um, so I am her mother and she is, was raised without a father. Uh, but she was from an orphanage in Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, um, circumstances were horrible back then. Um, and that's why I chose to raise her on my own. Um, it, it's, it, it's worked out for the better. Yeah. Um, cause the alternative would not have been good. Um, but yeah, I have been a s- true single mom, um, with not, you know, with minimal support all of her life since she was a baby. Mm-hmm. And working 12-hour shifts and having morning daycare and night daycare. I had to have both. Right. I was always broke, always broke. Um, I was always tired just from 12-hour shifts. But mm-hmm. but I'll tell you, um, through all of that, I was still a very proud mom. And I was very happy to be her mom. So yeah. it didn't matter what was going on in my life or how stressed I was or how tired I was. At the end of the day, I was very thankful to have her and thankful to be her mom. Yeah. So I always just tried to end on that positive note, you know, like, thank God I have her. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Ben so, is, uh, is my rainbow baby. So uh, we had we had two miscarriages before him. Yeah. And so every day I'm so thankful for him, oh, yeah. even when he like drives me insane <laughs> or like elbows me in the face in the middle of the night. Oh, Aww. side note, he can't sleep by himself since daddy Aww. left. He has Aww. to sleep in bed with me. And I'm like, 
you know, that if that's the worst, then whatever. But right, you're, yeah. you and your dad can work that out when he gets back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I share the bed with the dog and him and two cats usually. So. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm a, I might throw you off here. Name three okay. of the worst things about being a single mom. I mean, I mean, while your husband's yeah. away, you're a right. Mom. So name uh, the, three of the worst things that you can think of. The worst part is I'm never alone. <laughs> like I, I can't, I can't take a shower by myself. I can't uh, take a bath by myself. Yeah. He likes to, he'll come in and he'll be like, please, I take a bath with you and just start stripping. And I'm like, why not? Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> trying to relax or anything no um so i think it's like just never being alone unless i'm at work um two is just having to do everything myself or hire someone to do it mm-hmm. i hate to do that like i want to do it myself um but there are some things i can't can't right. do by myself and three is having to be the good cop and the bad cop Oh, you know, yeah, we you used to be able say, to, yeah. yeah, I can't blame it on him anymore. Um, <gasps> so I have to be, you know, I have to yell at him and not yell at him, but you know, I have to reprimand him. Yeah. And then two seconds later, he's coming, he's turning around going, Bobby. And it's like, <laughs> I have to hold him too. So I can't stay mad at him. I mean, it's, right. just, it's like, I have to Aww. be both. I think that's yep. the worst. What are three best things about being a single mom while your husband's away? Is there, are, are there any? Um, are there, there are. Any? Yeah, there actually are. Um, I think one is we, we settle into our own routine and it can be kind of a weird, quirky routine. And if we want to eat popcorn for dinner, then we eat popcorn for dinner because there's no rules <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to that. Uh, so I love that, that we have our own little, it's like me and him together and we have our own little thing. Um, the second one would be, I guess, proving that I can do it on my own. Um, as much as, as much support as he gives me, um, you know, through the phone and FaceTime and things like that, knowing that I can conquer all of this on my own is, pretty empowering. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I can do it. Oh, it yeah. sucks, but I can do it. And the last part is, I think, and then this may just be, you know, like deployment talking, but, you know, absence does kind of make the heart grow fonder. So I feel like the the best part of it is that we know that there is an end to this mm-hmm. and we're, really excited to see each other again. And we really take, we, we try not to take things for granted. Um, so the other day I just had the phone up and my son and my husband were playing. My husband actually took some cars with him to where he is so that he could play with my son over the phone like that. And, you know, it's little things like that, that I know when he gets back, will mean more to mm-hmm. us. So is he somewhere where you're allowed to tell us where he's at? Or is he oh, yeah. I mean, or? he's in, he's in Turkey right now. He's not um, okay. deployed in the traditional sense. He's not in a combat mm-hmm. zone. He is actually working with NATO. 
Um, So it's a really cool assignment and we were super excited for it. Uh, We had actually planned on me and uh, our son coming there and visiting him. Um, And then all this happened and now they are on lockdown. Uh, They're not allowed to leave the country uh, until June 30th is the current, um, current advisement from uh, the department of defense. So yeah, that put a real big cramp in our style. Oh yeah. Well, when does his deployment end? When does he come home? Uh, November. Oh, so so you have a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. How often do you get to talk to him? On the phone or um, on FaceTime? Fortunately, we talk every day, twice a day. Um, the thing is that he is nine hours ahead of me. So oh. like right now, he's just waking up. In fact, before we got on, we were texting. And um, so we text um, all the time and FaceTime. I try to FaceTime him uh if he gets off work early enough and it, it works out, we try and FaceTime kind of mid morning uh-huh. and just talk about, we try to keep it as normal as possible, but so, yeah. there's some days when we're just sitting there looking at each other and, and I'm like, I love you, but I don't got anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, me neither. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll text you later. And for us, um, Sometimes we'll just text each other goofy pictures or memes. We're really just big to into keep texting, in touch. just to keep in touch and just yeah. make each other smile and yeah. and let each other know that we're thinking about one another. Does the military I, still have Audubon? You probably don't even know what that is, where you can get on the phone and call each other for free. It's it's not not the Autobahn that people drive on in Germany. Is that called right? <laughs> This is yeah. Autobahn with a V. Oh. oh okay. So if there's, I don't any, even... if there's anybody listening that's in the military that's my age, I'm 50, that was in a long time ago, if you've heard of the Autobahn, please send me a message. <laughs> I want to know. I, I will ask. You. I'll ask my parents tomorrow. <clears throat> yeah. I'm just wondering if they still have that because it was a free. And when I was overseas, I was in the Philippines for a year and a half and I, I learned how to. I don't think I can get in trouble for this now. <laughs> I learned how to um, undermine the system and get through and talk uh, and get a free Audubon phone call. Cause it wasn't for everybody. You had to be oh, okay. a special, like high ranking person and, oh. and make a special phone call uh, back to the States for a official reason. Oh. And I, uh, I found uh, a lot of us found our way around that. We got to call home and say hi yeah. to mom. <laughs> No, I, I'm pretty sure that. they still don't, they don't have that anymore because, um, Probably cell because we all have cell phones. Yeah. Cause yeah. we didn't have anything like that. No Facebook, no social yeah. media, no cell phones, nothing yeah. like that. We literally wrote letters back and forth. It took like a month yeah. to get there. <laughs> oh, I'm dating myself. So do you have any advice for military wives or single mothers that you can share with our listeners? Yeah. Um, I think so if if you are thinking about marrying someone in the military or your spouse is thinking about joining the military, um, don't let the the hardships scare you. Um, there's a quote from I, I don't know his name, uh, but he was my husband's recruiter. And some people have really bad stories about recruiters lying to them and telling them like, oh, it's going to be so awesome, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out it's not. 
Um, this recruiter was great. He'd been in for a while. He was married and he asked me to come to the recruiting uh, office with my husband. And he sat down, he's like, okay, are you ready for this? And I said, well, my dad was in the Navy. Like, I'll be fine. He goes, okay, but you're not like, you're not ready for this. Uh, he said, the military does not break up marriages. It shows you the cracks and you can choose to fix them or let them break. Hmm. And that kind of quote has stuck with myself and my husband throughout the years, because yes, the military has put enormous pressure and strain on our relationship, on our marriage. And it has shown us some, some cracks. Um, But we have chosen to fill them and repair and strengthen our marriage. Um, In fact, there's a Japanese art form where they take broken pottery and instead of putting it back together and using just a clear glue, they use gold because they find beauty in the brokenness. Oh, wow. And that's, yeah, I I have to look up the name. I love Um, that. And that's another thing that we talk about. Like we find beauty in the brokenness because if you can get through that, just think about how much, how, how much more there is to strive for, um, if that makes sense. And the military is really awesome. Um, we lived in Germany for three years. We plan on going overseas again when we're given the opportunity. We travel a lot. Um, it is nice to know that there's always going to be a paycheck there. Um, the healthcare is pretty good. I mean, it's there. That's what counts. It's always there. Um, and there is a sense of belonging and family when you are part of that part of the military. So don't let that scare you away from it. Just be ready to fight for each other and choose each other every single day. Um, it's not easy sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's worth it in the end. It really Aww. is. Um, and as for single moms, I mean, I'm not technically, you know, I'm not really a single mom, but right now I kind of am. And all I can say is don't get down on yourself. We're all allowed to have bad, bad days, bad weeks. But as long, I, I said this in um, that episode, as long as your kid is happy, healthy, and thriving, then you've, you've done it. Mm-hmm. You know, so what if they ate goldfish for dinner last night? <laughs> like that's not going to kill them. Okay. Right. Right. Maybe, maybe throw some vegetables in there once a week. Okay. Great. <laughs> but if they ate chicken nuggets four nights in a row, who cares? Like they will survive. I think just don't bash yourself and put yourself down. Exactly. Don't things put yourself like down and enjoy the, the, the times, the little things and the little traditions and the little moments throughout the day mm-hmm. that are good and wonderful. You know, yeah. when your kid comes running up to you and says like, you're my best friend, oh, like that just like melts your heart. And you're just right. like, okay, me crying in the bathroom for 20 minutes was totally worth it because my Aww. kid doesn't care. You know, they right. don't care that there's dirty dishes or, you know, I haven't vacuumed in two weeks. Like <sighs> that's not what they care about. So don't, don't be so hard on yourself. And if just 
you know, screw mom guilt. It's not worth it. No, I know. It's really not. Now go back to that Japanese art thing. What yeah. did you say that was a quote or was that something that you can send? It is an art form. Um, yeah. Be- you know why I like it? Because you said something, um, find, what did you say? Find beauty in the brokenness. Yes. Okay. That, that reminds me of all of, um, all of us police officers cops and EMTs and medics that, that have gone through uh, post-traumatic stress um, that have seen things that the human should not see. Yes. So that, I, I like that. I'm going to have to um, um, research that some more. Yeah. It's Kintsugi. Oh, K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I. And it's the Japanese okay. art of repairing broken pottery by mending the areas of breakage with lacquer, dusted, or mixed with powdered gold. I love it. Okay. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a precious, the art of precious scars. Aw, I it's love just, that It's too. so beautiful to me because it's like that, that bowl which to me is a relationship Mm -hmm. or to me, it's a relationship. That bowl is precious enough to put back together using gold, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, worth so much. That gold is worth more than the bowl was, but now the bowl, now the bowl takes on the worth of that gold. Yeah. And it's just, um, that's kind of how I'm living my life. Now. Yeah, you're doing it um, your own way, like the single mom slash military wife. And I'm thinking of it as, you know, police officers and all these mm-hmm. suicides that we're having, you know, yeah. they can put their lives back together using that gold, mm-hmm. the art of precious scars. I like that a lot. Thank you for sharing that with me because you're I'm going to research that more. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Now let's lighten this up just a tad and then sure. we'll close. <laughs> Um, I got some weird questions for you. Coffee okay. or tea? Oh, okay. So coffee all the way. I could drink coffee all day, every day. <laughs> I don't like coffee at all. And I don't like hot tea, but I'll drink iced tea for sure. Gotcha. Now you live in Oklahoma, so you're not in the South. You're you're considered the Midwest, right? <sighs> I know. What are I don't you? Like know. what's Oklahoma? It's above Texas. I don't know. Because I am a California girl, but I just went yes. to Tennessee. So now yes. I'm from the South. I, I still won't drink um, iced tea. I mean, that sweet tea crap. Sweet tea. Yeah. Now, I, now I know Benjamin Tyler Smith is listening to this episode. <laughs> and I know that that Brad Pridgen, who else is going to argue with me about this? There's somebody else that you've got to drink sweet tea. And I'm like, no, I can't do it. I, I, I'll live here all my life and I'm not going to drink sweet tea. It's gross. Blech. I... I love iced tea, but I can't do full sweet. Like I always order half sweet, half unsweet tea. And even then sometimes it's way too much. So if I'm in charge of it, it's like unsweet, 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 unsweet. It's so bitter. No, I like it. Oh gosh. Okay. (laughs) Favorite type of food. Like Italian or steak. Like what do you like? If you could have anything right now, what what would you have? Seafood. I love fresh, good seafood. I'm not talking like Red Lobster or like (laughs) Long John Silver's. I like Red Lobster. Oh, no. Oh, God, I can't. (laughs) 
I can't. <laughs> I think it's because um, I grew up um, on the East Coast um, in oh, New England oh, type yes. area. We lived All in New- yeah, Newport, Rhode Island for a long time. Uh, and then uh, and then my parents, uh, they live in Florida now. And so it's like, I love fresh seafood. And in Oklahoma, like we're a landlocked state. Like you're not getting fresh seafood unless it's catfish. And I hate catfish. So gross. So seafood is my, I eat it. Like when we're here on vacation, I usually have it almost every day. Wow. Um, Gotcha. In fact, we have a big thing of salmon in the fridge. We're going to grill tomorrow night. I'm so excited. Good. (laughs) Favorite flavor of ice cream. Do you have one? I do. (laughs) It's called moose tracks. Oh my gosh. My daughter loves moose tracks. I love moose tracks. It's all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know this question is for you, not for me. <laughs> now, um, we'll end on uh, my um, audiobook. I want to thank you again for narrating it. You have the most wonderful voice, and I'm not joking. I picked you out of like five or six other ladies who had great voices. But when I heard yours, I'm like, yes, she... You just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't even describe it, but you, you really make the book even better. And and I like that you did it raw because when I had to listen to it, to review it, to make sure, you know, it's yeah. the way I liked it, you know, you had me in tears of my own book because your, your voice was cracking or it, you know, or it faded out. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. why am I tearing up? And at one point my daughter goes, mom, are you in there crying? And I go, well, she's just doing such a good job on my book. I I think it's because I took it. I mean, I took it and, and it was not just words on the page for me because I, I kind of know you and I was like, this is her life. I, I am emoting her words, her story. And so it really kind of took on. I mean, I have the scenes in my head, like I'm, sorry. I'm walking through them <laughs> and, um, no, and it, I had to, I needed to, but there were, there were some in there that were rough. What was your, um, I'm going to say your worst chapter. Like what was, which chapter was the hardest for you to, to do? do you I think there were two, um, the boy in the box like that, that really got me. Um, and I'm wondering because your boy is four years old. Yeah, 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 and because uh, that one the, didn't really bother me that much, which was the odd. little blonde girl. Ugh, that one. Those two off. really got me, um, because yeah. Oh my gosh, like, they're crying right now. It. Yeah, it's Ugh. it's rough. So, but I hope that this book, um, and especially the last chapter where you talk about there is there is hope, there is joy, um, and it's worth living for. I really hope mm. people people take that to heart because yeah, that was the whole point of it. Well, it began as me just writing down the worst scenes that kept popping into my head. You know, I, I did it for therapy reasons, but then once I had them all down, I thought it's gonna it's gonna have to be a book. I mean, yeah, it's gonna have to help people in some way. You know, and I really hope that it has. I've I've received a couple of emails about it. Um, but yeah, so I want to say thank you for narrating that, and, and it should be out in a couple of weeks, guys. I'm I'm excited. It's um, yes. it's an audio book. 
coming on Audible. That's the yes. name of it. So through Amazon. Mm-hmm. So as soon as it as soon as it's out, I will be sharing it all over Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and I know you will too because you are yeah. a narrator. So I want everyone to hear your voice. So it's going to be wonderful. Tia, thank you. I super appreciate it. Thank you for being raw and real with me about always being a mama. Um, so if you if you haven't heard of her podcast and you haven't listened to any episodes yet, it is called the Resting Mom Face Podcast. She is everywhere on Anchor, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just find her somewhere. <laughs> and and then there's just click on her link and you'll be able to yeah. find her. Yeah, you can go to www.restingmomcast.com and that has everything on there. Um, I have merchandise um, that will take you to all my links and you can find my YouTube channel as well. Um, And of course, your book, I will have that linked up there too once that comes out. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't know that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Got to promote it. Thank you. All right, lady. Well, you have a wonderful week. You too. Um, have a wonderful time there with your family in Florida and take good care of yourself in lockdown. Oh, <laughs> don't you don't too. go to the beach because I know it just opened again. Oh my God. Don't go to the darn beach. Just stay home. We've stayed, we're staying home. We have a, a mini beach in our backyard, a little kitty pool. <sighs> darn it. So over. Right. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. I love you. I have a great time there. Of course. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. That was my interview with Tia Johnson, host of the Resting Mom Face podcast, and also narrator for my book titled Through My Eyes, CSI Memoirs That Haunt the Soul. In my memoir, I'll take you behind the crime scene tape and share my personal experiences of the most grueling and heartbreaking crime scenes I'd ever worked in my 15 years in CSI. The book is available in paperback form and ebook online at Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Thanks for listening and join me next week. If you're enjoying the real life podcast, I invite you to consider supporting it monetarily. Just 99 cents a month will go a long way to secure future podcasts. Where exactly does your money go? It pays the monthly fees to use the program to record the guests. I want to recognize and thank the following people for supporting the Real Life Podcast. Ron, Ben, Katie, Paul, Kelly, Anne, and Cammie. So thank you for listening, and I hope you'll decide to support the Real Life Podcast. Just click on the podcast link that I post on Twitter and Facebook, then click on the box that reads support with a dollar sign. You're all amazing. See you next week. The Real Life Podcast was recorded and is being made available by Anchor.fm and its affiliates solely for the informational and entertainment purposes. The information, statements, comments, views, and opinions provided and or expressed on the Real Life Podcast are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and are responsible for all show content and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the agencies and communities that the guests may serve. 
Some parts of the Real Life Podcast may contain adult content intended for people who are 18 years of age or older. Please listen responsibly.